So, this is our first ever Avenged Remedy podcast with the one and only, I call her Coach Ange, and her name is actually Angie Smith. Um, You forgot Wonder Woman in there. (gasps) Oh, I didn't forget. You know what? My first question is today. I have a question for you, Ange. Okay. Before we get into anything serious, I thought I would start with, if Hulk, because I sometimes refer to myself as Hulk. Okay. If Hulk and Wonder Woman which is you, uh-huh. we're ever to get into a fight. So not actually us, but like the... Yeah, let's not get too serious. The, yeah. <laughs> if they were to get into, into a fight, mm-hmm. who would win? Oh, pff. hands down. Wonder Woman. That's what I thought too. Yeah. I don't fly over your head. <laughs> Use my whip. You can't move. A whip? Oh, yeah. Come on. Don't you know what Wonder Woman has in her That's right. tool belt? <laughs> uh, okay. So we'll get into some more serious stuff now. Okay. Uh, so I guess the, the obvious question is, um, which is really important to me and probably everyone listening, because this is kind of focused on success, because uh, I really think that you're a huge success. Um, how did you decide to start training full time? So I know you worked a day job and there was some transition stuff in there, but how did you finally decide, you know what, I'm doing this? Well, this is a long process, longer than people realize, because <clears throat> I... Uh, I started fitness at a very, very young age, um, used it as a stress relief because I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression. So even when I was um, in high school, I was lifting weights and running up and down the road, biking six miles a day. Um, It was my outlet, um, flipping tires behind my dad's shop. Um, But then I kind of got handed a scholarship to the university, fully paid scholarship for academics and now I got to figure out what I'm going to do with it. That's awesome. So I went into university and went into law enforcement because I thought that would be a good job and something I wanted to do. And yeah, I stuck it out for 10 years plus. And uh, it was good, but it wasn't my passion. Like my passion was always the fitness. I was doing kickboxing on the side. I was uh, lifting weights like a crazy person. And so when, when I hit my maternity leaves, I thought, well, I'm not working and I'm only, you know, dealing with children. That's not a hard job. No. So, um, (laughs) so I went and got certified to be a fitness instructor and I started doing that while I was on mat leave and really liking it. But then the full-time job came back and trying to juggle both of those careers was really rough. So the fitness took a backseat again. And then when I moved to Redvers, um, I started working out and I started doing little classes and then I got a job again at PharmaSave and it was a good job and I was doing it um, five days a week but again it wasn't really it was just a job I was just putting in my time five days a week I wasn't excited about it and uh, it, it didn't leave me time to do the classes they kind of took a back seat again and so I just used the gym as my outlet for my stress and but as I'm in the gym, I'm getting people walking up to me. How do I do this? Um, can you show me how to do uh, a good back squat? Can you tell me how you get those arms that you have? Like, can you, you know, and so I'm answering all these questions while I'm doing my workout. And I'm like, you know, they really, this town is wanting somebody yep, to, to help them out. And so I thought, okay, <laughs> I will just try it and I started trying it on the side again with the still working at the pharmacy and I just got so busy 
and got so many like client after client wanting mm-hmm. to sign up and I just finally bit the bullet. It was a big leap of faith, but I bit the bullet and here I am like over a year and a half later still trucking. That's awesome. <laughs> when I, I actually didn't know you had a, an actual day job, I thought that you were always actually just a trainer. I knew you for a long time, yeah. but I, I didn't know you all that well. It was just kind of just through some friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was surprised when I found out that you actually had a day job. I was like, holy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was like, uh, again, anxiety is a big thing in my life. And mm-hmm. so I always felt that I couldn't do that solely because you know what if this what if that yes. and, I, and i and so i always used those day jobs as a security blanket so. that was actually what i was yeah. gonna ask you uh <laughs> so how did you like just uh mentally go from that because that's the thing a lot of issues that people have that they contact me all the time that they want to do something different they 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 have a passion or maybe you're trying to find a passion but are, are really struggling with the perceived notion that um there is the security that comes from working for someone else versus working from yourself. Um, so how did you overcome that? Or did you even feel that at all? No, I definitely felt it. Um, <laughs> basically, um, well, I had to put some trust in myself that you, you are good at this mm-hmm. and people, if you, if you, it's kind of like the field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. Yes. If you put yourself out there, they will come and, and they will, and they will refer other people. And, and the more you do, the more you're, the more, um, business and you'll, you'll bring in. And so, but it, it, it was hard because yeah, like to build your confidence to that level that you think, okay. I am good enough that, that they will come. It was a hard leap. The good thing was that I had a lot of support. Like mm-hmm. my husband, <laughs> who I thought would be like, you're crazy. I want you to stick to getting a paycheck every two weeks was the opposite. He's like, you're not, you're not happy with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Why continue to, you know, barrel into the rabbit hole, darker, darker, yep. darker, and not be happy. Whereas take a little leap of faith or, you know, and, and try it and, and you can always apply for another job. You can always wait tables if you need to. You can always pump gas if you need to. Like, but yeah. just see if you can be successful. Like he was, he was behind me a hundred percent, which I totally appreciated. And even my 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 um, extended family, like people don't realize it, but it, it was hard to start out because mm-hmm. I needed equipment. Once yeah. the like I used to do a lot of training outdoors, but I needed some equipment to train people indoors. Yes. I needed to give up my entire living room. That was a big <laughs> thing in my house. Um, but like um, Jason's uncle, so like my my uncle-in-law, he actually fronted me the money to buy all the equipment off the That's top. Awesome. Like I had lots of support from mm-hmm. people that I thought would think I was crazy, mm-hmm. but they, they were the opposite. They, they believed in me and knew I could do it. And they were just like, here's your opportunity, do it. And so, yeah, it's, it's nice to have that backing. <laughs> yeah. Big time. And that was something that, uh, that uh, a lot of you know that I was on a podcast recently and the importance of, of not getting in over your head when you start out. Um, and Angie's a prime example of that. Like you didn't go and buy a building and you didn't go do a hundred thousand dollars of renovations and you didn't spend, you know, a hundred thousand dollars on equipment because people do this. And then within a month, they're in such a stressful place and in so far over their heads, a lot of them only last a few months and then they're, they're done. Um, but Angie's in a position where it doesn't matter what happens. You can just still keep going. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, is 
with fitness, people do think that they need a ton of things. Mm -hmm. They need all the space and all this machine, like the machines and everything. But like for the first six months of training people in town full time, I well, we did a lot of outdoor stuff. Yep, so exactly. some of my equipment was like a sledgehammer and some tires, exactly. and uh, you know your body weight and you know a few dumbbells and stuff. And then and then I finally graduated into getting some some equipment to use. You know when we had to move indoors when it got colder. But you you don't technically need a ton of equipment depending nope, on what your goals are. Yeah, yeah. And I would say for pretty much everyone, like especially if it's uh, like just a, a stay-at-home mom that just wants to get in shape um most of them like even if you had a set of dumbbells up to what i i always tell people up to like 12 pounds yeah i say 15 yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and that would be that's really all you need and really if you you even don't you don't even need that if you're doing yeah. lots of body weight stuff and um so yeah so um i think in the future that's something that angie will talk about angie and i will talk about more on podcasts is maybe some alternatives and stuff like that um, well, and I tell my clients, even the ones that are just doing body weight exercises with me, there's always a way to make it high, harder. Absolutely. Like push-ups, you don't need to add weight to a push-up, nope. but you can elevate your feet. You can take one off the ground. Like there's there's always some way to make something harder. And those DDP push-ups, what, are, what were those called? Or, <laughs> what does he call those? They were, they were, was it 10 seconds up and 10 seconds down? Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's got explosion, explosion push-ups too, where you hold at the bottom for 10 seconds and then explode fast to the top and yeah like and all you need for space to do that is enough room to do a push-up so yeah you you have no excuse <laughs> okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna change directions here a little bit okay. um, since we're talking about it already a little uh, DDP I'm super excited about that <laughs> because as you know when I was in university I was experiencing massive back pain because for the first time in my life I was sitting at a desk uh, at school and I was in a lot of pain to the point where I'd be standing up sometime in class because I, I couldn't sit anymore. And it was literally DTP, DDP yoga. Um, I started doing his yoga stuff back in, would have been like 2000 and like 11. And uh, my back pain instantly went away. I was literally doing yoga, laying in bed, and my back pain went away. Yeah. And yeah. So can you can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit or tell me what, you're, what you uh, like sure. about DDP? Well, um, well it's, it's kind of funny. Like, I'm not a yoga person, and I never really have been. I've t I've dabbled in it, but I've never been certified. Um, I I've went to a few yoga classes, but it's it's too. Um, I don't know. I, I can't relax. Like in, I get bored. Yeah, I, I get, get bored. Really I bored. get bored. I I'm like kind of checking my watch while you're supposed yeah. to be relaxing and and deep deep breathing and whatnot. And I and I don't know. It's it's not. It doesn't rev me up, and I and that's what I need. Yeah. And. Um, so Jason introduced me, my husband of all people introduced me to DDP yoga. I don't even know how he stumbled across it, but he's always been a huge old school wrestling me fan. Too. He's big <laughs> into it and he stumbled across it anyway that Diamond Dallas Page, the old wrestler, was doing DDP yoga to recover, recoup um, from some of the body damage he's done to himself over over the years of professional wrestling. And so he he came across the D DVD set and he got it for me and he was like um you should try this yoga. This this ain't your mama's yoga. It's no, not it's not incredible. not an average yoga. And I'm like 
it was a joke. Uh, initially, I'm not going to lie. It was a bit of a joke. It's like, okay, I'll give it a try. I'm sure that, you, you know, thinking it was corny. And it wasn't. And it was hard. And like by the end of a half hour session, I was dripping with sweat and my my body was shaking and it felt like like I really did something and I needed a mat to do it. Like it was so <laughs> intense and like my heart rate was jacked. And I'm like, this can't be yoga. This This can't be actual yoga. And so I started just doing it on my own. And then as obviously my fitness career started making waves and then I, I struggled with some injuries of my own with hernias and whatnot, I needed to change my way of training. And I thought, you know, I bet you I'm not the only one that struggles with, with pain and, and issues. And every so every day, <laughs> every day. So, so maybe if I get certified in DDP yoga, I can help some people out because like, like it's no joke. It's yep, it's absolutely. a real workout, and it, but it does rehabilitate you at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah, big time. Um, I, I currently don't do DDP yoga, but I'm gonna be definitely getting back into it. Uh, my regimen right now for yoga is uh, as Cosmic Kids yoga, just because I can do it with my kids. Uh, but March thirty first at the library, Rob, eight o'clock, show up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I should commit and do it. I really should. Okay, so let's move on. Um, okay, so I guess we'll kind of get back to the whole passion thing. Okay. Because uh, on this podcast, I really want to help people find um, their own passion. And um, do you have any advice on how people can actually find what their passion is? Because I've, I've struggled with this. This is something I've, I've had people contact me, and they don't know what their passion is. Um, and I don't know if that's just a result of, of, of be of always following following what the group does. I'm not sure what the, what the um, what what the cause of that is because I'm sure everyone has a passion for something. Um, do you have any idea how you could help people figure <clears throat> that out? Well, not really. But um, first off, I think like you say, people do follow the group, yeah. follow the norms, and that doesn't help. If anything, that stifles passion. Yes. Or and stifles creativity, and so then you're not going to be able to find passion mm-hmm. by just trying to do what everybody else does. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of fear in society about that. Like, oh, but I don't want to stray from the norm because that would be weird or that yeah. would be frowned upon. And, and it's a big problem. We, we, we need to quit worrying about what other people are doing and just worry about ourselves. And you will find that once you do that, your passions are going to change over time Huge. too. Yeah. And like, I've, I've always, I've never been cookie cutter. That's probably a good thing for me, but like I didn't fit in a hundred percent in high school. Um, you know, I didn't wear the same fashions as the other girls. I showed up to school in my Harley Davidson t-shirts and, and car, I went to car shows with my dad and, and, uh, you know, I was, I was always a little off center. So I, I found it easy to find passions. Like yeah, I, same with me. Yeah. Like I, I always, <laughs> like when I was younger, I loved cars and I used to, be, I could tell you just by walking around like a Corvette, what year it was and, yeah. and, uh, different things like that. And, and, uh, some people find that intimidating, like especially guys when I was younger, because if they happened to, I could, well, that's a 1973 Corvette because it's got two different bumpers. And, you know, like I could tell them and they'd be like, you go away. I'm supposed to know this, not you. <laughs> um, but um, again, just don't be intimidated by, by uh, first off, being a strong, powerful person with knowledge of your own. And, and uh, that'll take you places and you'll find passion if you follow it. Yeah. 
uh, like for me, like the, the big thing for me was I was lucky. I hid a lot of my, my passions when I was in school because it wasn't, there wasn't many people that were into the things I was into. So I, I, ha- I hid the fact that I sang. I hid the fact that I played guitar. I hid the fact that I like to paint, all these sort of things. And it wasn't until I was, um, I bought my gym and I felt more comfortable because it was like, I've already succeeded. So now I can go do the things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So that's when I went back to university and went into the arts and people I'm sure thought I was insane, but it, those were the things I actually really liked. I love bodybuilding. I love the gym business, but I also really love the art. So it was kind of like, it was like a license to, okay, now I can go do what I want to do. Yeah. Well, and I think people need to not be afraid of change too, which is hard. I know because I'm one of them. It, it was really scary to change positions and jobs and things like that. But, but like the law enforcement thing. I was very interested in that. That was mm-hmm. a passion of mine. That's all I like. I, I was the geek at home watching Law and Order, and NYPD Blue, and I was reading all the criminal yep. books that I could read. All the you know, like that. I I absorbed it, and I like I put myself in there. I went and worked with the RCMP for a bit. Then I went and moved on to the border. Like I just immersed myself in that for for over a decade or more, mm-hmm. and um and I loved it. But again, you have to be aware of your your life changing, right? I started yeah. having kids. It started to have a negative effect on me because I was bringing work home. I started seeing a different side of things where I felt like people were always lying to me. I was seeing <clears throat> child porn cases that were like going, I have my own children. I don't want to deal no. with this kind of stuff. It was yeah. it felt so negative and then I had I had to realize that okay, I need I need to change because this yep, is going to get exactly. worse instead of better and um and then Jason got the opportunity to move down here so it kind of steamrolled and pushed me into another direction which turned out to be a really good thing. That's awesome. All right. So I think we'll we'll keep moving into new directions just to, and I'm sure we'll keep coming back to some of the things we're already talking about. Sure. Um So I'm going to completely take you off on a different track here. Um, so how do your kids, cause I'm, I'm all this, this podcast, mm-hmm. as you know, I'm a stay at home dad and I'm lucky that I, I get to run a business at the same time. Um, but how do your kids fit into your fitness lifestyle? Oh, it's, um, it's interesting <laughs> when we, when I first went off on my own, it was, um, it was kind of hard because it was it was during the summer and I was used to having my kids in daycare all the time yeah. and then all of a sudden I'm like I'm at home all the time now due to my job so they don't need to go to daycare however I've got to juggle them with my clients so um, they were really good sports about it they are getting to they were at an age where they they are pretty self-sufficient exactly. so you know they then they knew to kind of mom it this is considered mom's work time if you want your treats and your nice clothes and stuff you need to still let mommy do work yeah. it's just a different <laughs> form of work and so they they figured that out but I noticed that it started to inspire them as well which I thought was beautiful like um, I have videos of us like after my clients would leave and I had all the all of this equipment set out in the front lawn well can I use it mom yeah. can I flip little tires so I I bring out the little car tires and let them flip them and can I you know jump on this and can I and I found that really encouraging because nowadays everybody is staring at a screen and everybody is playing games and and it's just 
you know, to, I don't want my children to be that way. I, I grew up on a farm and I was outdoors all the time and doing something active all the time. And I want my kids to have those experiences. Yeah. I know like something I was, I was concerned about when I first started bringing Bella into the gym and, and Sophie eventually was, is this a positive for them? And, uh, and in my mind now it definitely is. And so I'm going to kind of, um, ask you about that, but I also want to throw in there the conversations you and I've had about the scale and our perceptions oh. on that. Yes, because we both agree on, on what we should yeah. do with the scale and where it should go. Oh. Uh, so yeah, so I want to kind of tie in the whole topic of 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 having kids involved in a, in a fitness lifestyle with it not being something that's a negative, uh, because there's definitely ways that it could become a negative. Oh, yeah. Um, so you really have to approach it in kind of the right angle. So I'm going to leave that in your ballpark because I think you probably have something to say. Oh, cool. Well, um, fitness needs to be a positive experience. Uh, people look at it right now as work. They do. They they come because they have to, because they have to be healthy and they have to be this and they have to be that. They have to lose weight. It, it can be a very good experience. And I, and I tell my clients clients and customers when they sign up tell me what you like to do tell me what you don't like to do so I can arrange your program so it can be somewhat enjoyable still it's going to be hard there's going to be things they don't enjoy but but you're going to stick with something long term if you like what you're doing and so if you can introduce this kind of stuff to children when they're younger Mm -hmm. and it becomes just a lifestyle just a norm for them then then it's not going to be have such a negative impact later on in life. They're not going to be doing it because, oh, I have to lose 10 pounds to fit into my grad dress or something. They're just going to be doing it because they enjoy it and it's part of their lifestyle. Like Athena, my daughter, she doesn't come into the gym anymore wanting to flip tires. That's that's not girly and that's not really her. But um, she did it when she was a little younger because that's what mommy's doing. But now it's like, She's all into um, Ninja Warrior and contortion of all things that I know next to nothing about. But she practices that daily just because she loves doing it and she's impressed with what she can do with herself. So don't, same with fitness, don't encourage your children to, well, I run every day. So now kids come run down the road with me for three miles. They might hate that, but just just kind of pay attention to what they like to introduce it to them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's exactly what I do with with Bella and Sophie to a certain extent. Um, like like in the mornings we do our our just dance and our yoga, and it's none of it is anything they have to do. It's I ask them, do you guys want to do some dancing? And Bella always says yes, so we do dancing. And and lately she hasn't been as much into the yoga, so I leave it in 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 her ballpark to decide if she can decide if she wants to do something I don't even ask her a lot of times it's it's more if she's still still looking like she wants to do something I'll go hey do you want to do some cosmic kids and she'll go either yeah or no and then a lot of times she just wants to do the just dance videos um so it's it's still a very positive thing um well and also like their attention spans different than ours right like I can go into the gym and lift weights and I can do it for an hour and a half Mm -hmm. and be you know enjoying it the whole entire time whereas Athena can come in there and do her contortion stuff for 20 minutes and be like yeah I'm done I'm gonna go outside now you know and so you can't be like no well we're not done our workout yet stay in here like you have to kind of feed off of their energies yeah and, and like you were saying before, like, I think it's a good thing because they're starting young. So they're not doing it because of a body image thing. They're yeah. doing it because it's it's fun for them. And and so I think that's setting a precedent for mm-hmm. them as well for later well, in life. Well, yeah. And then they won't be so focused on, you know, their appearances as opposed to how they feel. 
I also found that um, I've been doing um, what you call the DDP yoga. I have to get so many teaching hours in. And so I volunteered some time at the school. And I thought I would teach my children's classes, their gym classes, some DDP yoga. But the same thing is, if I'm teaching a gym class for an hour and they're doing the same thing, I have to keep them motivated and interested. So I made it fun. You know, we were making sounds like dogs. So if you're doing the cat lift cat arch pose, meow like a cat. Now he's arching. Hiss like a cat. Shake your leg with the three-legged dog pose and bark when you're doing it. Um, You know, and DDP is very interactive. So I was doing when you hulk it up, like hulk it up and everybody makes this big roar. and, And like they would get you know, their attention would, would lose interest or whatever. And they'd start buggering around yep, and getting loud. Exactly. And, and, but I, I told them at the beginning, I have one rule. I yell, when I say ready, you say ready, ready. And all the kids would scream back oh, ready. Perfect. And then they'd yep. stop and they'd, everybody would go quiet because they want to know what they're ready for. Right. And so, <laughs> so yeah, like just fi- figuring out ways to keep them, you know, engaged, in, engaged yeah, was, was perfect. interesting. Okay, so now let's talk about that damn scale. <laughs> you know where I think it should go. Uh, the garbage. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of throw in my reasoning. I've trained clients for years, and I've had so many people that have done so well um, emotionally and physically strong. And that damn scale, if they, they had it set in their mind they were going to lose 20 pounds, and the 20 pounds didn't come off, maybe they hit 15, or maybe they only hit 10, they'll just stop. Mm-hmm. Even though they've had all this positive experience, they'll just stop. And it's so sad for, for me to see. And then and then always later on, they either end up coming back or they, they're they really upset because they don't feel as good as they did before. And the only reason they stop because of that damn scale. Well, for one, they forget that slow progress is still progress. Yeah. Um, no matter how how small it is, it's still progress. So mm-hmm. that still means you're moving forward. And and they get hung up on those damn numbers and think, well, it hasn't moved, yeah. so um, I might as well just quit. Well, but ha- have you been getting stronger? Mm-hmm. Can you now do 10 push-ups in a row from your toes when before you couldn't do one from your knees? Exactly. Like, how do your clothes fit? How do you look feel when you look in the mirror? There's so many different ways to analyze your progress and the scale. Like, I, I have this conversation with everybody when they start my program. It fluctuates during the day. Oh, it could we, fluctuate five pounds because I'm ten, I... I'm 10 yeah. pounds up and down in a day. Yeah, yeah. like, I can start out... Well, you got to remember, in first thing in the morning, you have fasted for like maybe 12 hours mm-hmm. even, like all night long, you've not ate or drank anything because you've been sleeping. So of course you're going to be light. Yeah, of course exactly. you're going to be light because your body's starved. And then you start your day and you eat and whatnot. And well, maybe I had some salty food at lunchtime and now I'm, you know, retaining water. And all of a sudden the scale is ballooning out of control by supper time. Well, that doesn't mean you physically gained that much weight in in a day (laughs) it is it like you how many calories for a pound Forty thousand. so you didn't eat that (laughs) in one day to gain that pound that's it's not fat that you've put on it's 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 water retention and stuff but people just they they get set on that number and then and on mine i i'm not saying i've never been a slave to the scale it still bothers me sometimes like when i first started my fitness journey i had a boyfriend that got me into weightlifting 
dropped the boyfriend. He was not healthy for me. <laughs> good job. Kept the weightlifting. Um, <laughs> that's a good trade-off. <laughs> but um, it was funny because I was 150 pounds and I was small. And um, everybody assumed that I'd be, say, like 115, 120 pounds because I was small. Yeah. But I was, I was a like I was a strong little thing, you know, like it was all muscle. And so he, and he'd walk around and brag about it. And, and I was embarrassed because I felt like I was so heavy and, oh my God, 150 pounds for a woman of my age is just ridiculously high. And, and, and he'd be like, how much do you think my girlfriend weighs? How much? 125? Oh. Nope. 150. And I'm like mortified, yeah. but he's thinking it's great. Yeah. And so like, you know, you really have to just get get away from it, right? Yeah. Like people, and right now I'm I'm I've put on more weight than I would like due to my surgeries and illnesses I've had over the last year. But people don't realize what I weigh right now. They still think, you know, that I weigh a lot less than I do. And you know what? Great, that's yeah. fine. You know, it's because I'm still healthy. I yeah. still, I, it's how you carry yourself too. Yeah. Well, that's my, my perception. I was always about being huge and ripped. And mm -hmm. then I had kids. And as soon as I had kids, I, the, the re I think I knew before, but the realization came in that my eating habits have to be consistent and healthy and normal. Otherwise, I'm setting a really bad example for my kids. And that was something that I really changed. Um, as a lot of you know, I did keto for a while. Uh, that was strictly for, for the reason of I needed to help my stomach. I had a really bad stomach issue. And that was the only thing that worked. Um, so then, but once I got my stomach all cleared up with the keto diet and then, um, uh, uh, the vertical diet, I'm just eating a regular old diet. Now, um, I call it the farm boy diet. It's just, no. just, you know, meat, potatoes, and vegetables. It's, it's, uh, yeah. And, it, and I think long run for my kids and for myself, that's probably what's best. Well, and it's what can you sustain over long term? Mm -hmm. Like, because if all these diets are fine, there's, you know, 21 day fix and there's keto and there's, you know, the Mediterranean and I don't know, there's so, so many, many of yes. them. Yeah. And yeah, they all, they're, they're successful because they're a diet. Yeah. So if you go on them and you follow the rules, you will lose weight. There's yeah. no two yeah. ways about it. You will, but you will gain it back yes. because you won't maintain it for the long haul. And, and so whenever people ask, I don't do diets anymore for people because I found it to be such a negative experience, yeah, it is. but I, I do tell them everything in moderation. Yes. Have that piece of birthday cake and don't beat yourself up for it. It's ridiculous to beat yourself up over having a glass of wine in the evening or a piece of birthday cake. But keep your meals and your portions consistent for everything else you eat. You know, like just, you know, consistency and portion control and, uh, you know, moderation with all food groups is key. Yeah, absolutely. Do what makes you feel good. I agree 100%. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to switch gears again on you. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what's your favorite word or saying? <laughs> my favorite word. I wanted to really throw a wrench into the <laughs> oh things. Goodness. Go from something really serious. My favorite word or, or saying. saying. Um, <laughs> wow, I, I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> you know, I, I had ones I didn't even know I said when I was teaching. I, I didn't even know I said the word dead on. Dead Apparently on? I say it all the time. I had no idea. Well, I don't know that it's my favorite <laughs> saying, but I know that I overuse you betcha and no worries yeah. all the time when I answer people. No worries, no worries. Or you betcha. Like I might as well yeah. be from Australia with the no worries. Like I don't know why I say it. And like Jason say, says that I 
I say kiddos all the time. Like I always call my kids kiddos yes. and refer yeah. to pe- young people as kiddos and stuff. And so, I mean, I, I have little catchphrases, I guess. I at work that um, drive my clients crazy that, again, I'm sorry, guys. I don't realize I'm saying them until they come out of my mouth. But the one is like, don't worry, this is easy. You don't know how many times that has dro- driven people crazy and they mimic me easy. It's so easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, the other one I say is because I make a lot of people do four sets of everything and they're used to going to a gym and doing their three sets and going home and why do we have to do four sets? The fourth set is the set of champions. Yeah. <laughs> they now hate that phrase, but uh, now I love it. I might put it on a t-shirt actually. Like the fourth set is the set of champions. That's awesome. That's perfect. <laughs> that would be a good t-shirt phrase. Okay. So we're, we're rounding up on almost 45 minutes. So I'll ask you one more question Okay. and then I might let you go home. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> okay. So... Since this show is about living a kick-ass life, um, what do you think is key to having a kick-ass life for you? Oh, okay. Well, the key to having a kick-ass life for me would be probably like just being happy day to day. So, and not not looking to the future too much and, and worrying about what other people have as much as am I happy? Am I successful? Are my kids happy, healthy, and successful? Then that's a kick-ass life. That's awesome. That's perfect. (laughs) Well, we'll wrap it up there, but I'm I'm definitely going to have Angie back for probably another 50 shows or more. Uh, So thank you for everyone that listened. And uh, we look look forward to any feedback or questions you might have, because I'm definitely going to have Angie back. So if there's something you want Angie to talk about, just leave us a, a message or send me a message, and I'll definitely make sure the next show we bring it up. Uh, maybe someone from her past has a deep, dark question we can talk about or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Angie. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. 